Welcome to the Abundant Truth Podcast with host Roger L. Evans. Join us as we herald the message of the Christian faith. And finally, some of us, we fear the facade of the future. What's going to happen next? What's going to happen with my children? What's going to happen on my job? Well, Lord, again, like I said, you know, I've done so much stuff. I don't know if anything else is left for me. Look at my age. I'm too old to do anything else. Maybe I've missed it. And then sometimes many of us, too, and I've heard this among Christians. I understand one thing about God. God is God. And God does deal with us as children. But then some people will think, well, my time for ministry is past. I'm old. I'm this. I'm that. But remember, in the book of Jeremiah 29 and 11, we all know it. Understand? He said, God told them, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. That's King James Version. Other versions say to give you a hope and a future. And it's so interesting that we quote that verse, but when you look at what's before it, God has just told Israel, Judah, I'm going to get you. You're going down. You don't sin. You've rebelled against me. I'm putting you out your land. You, you, you're out of here. But understand that, that even in the midst of me dealing with you as my children, Understand, I really don't have it in for you like that. And the, the reason I'm really doing all of that, because I really want to give y'all a hope in the future. Because if I don't deal with you now, then I'll have to wipe out the whole nation. But so you got to know and understand so that regardless of what is behind you and how you got there, if you will keep your eyes on him, there is still an expected end. There is still a hope and a future. God does not look down on us and say, you shouldn't have done it. I have nothing else to do with you because that's people. We have cutoff points. You know, they don't done so much to me. I don't even want to talk to them anymore. They don't done so much to me. I don't even want to see their face again. But remember, God would always tell them, I am God and I am not like man. That the most worst person you can think of, if they open up their hearts to God, God can still take their life and use their life. So then you got to know and understand that regardless of where you are and how you've gotten there, don't fear the future. God is not looking for an excuse to not bless you. He only wants you to remain in a place of faith and trusting in him that when he moves to bless you, you can receive it and not think you are God telling God how to be God and what God can do, could do, and should do in your life. Our God is a good God. And sometimes, I see it too, that sometimes even in the churches, sometimes we can get mad at God how do I know? This is what I'm about to say. Because sometimes you ever saw somebody, you know what they do. You know how they are. And somehow 
you know that it's not them, it's not people. You can see that God just blesses them. And sometimes you can say, oh my God, now wait a minute. But remember, if God is good, the scriptures say that he is kind unto the unthankful and the evil. You understand? So that you got to know and understand that how you are doesn't, will never control God. Job lets us know your righteousness won't control God that, to make God give you an explanation. That's why when he rebuked Job, he says, if you can do any other things I just said, then I'll tell you your own righteousness can save you. Because Job, no, he didn't challenge God, but he felt, God, I've done so much right, you can at least tell me why I'm going through this. And God was telling him, I don't even owe you that. But at the same time, you can't do so much wrong to think that puts you out of God's purview that God will bless you. That's why when you see Jesus, even in his earthly ministry, he would always be in the business of restoring people when they were in error. That's why with the woman in adultery, he told them all, fine, y'all, if, if any of y'all didn't sin, throw a stone. Go for it. Go for it. But then he tells her, where are your accusers? She's saying, well, ain't nothing right. He said, well, I don't accuse you either, that even when we are wrong, God is not sitting there trying to hold it over you. Once you confess it unto him, he, he, as far as the east is from the west, God will remove your, our sins and iniquities from us. So, yeah, you cannot fear the future based upon all the mistakes of your past. All of the sins of our past. Because some of us, if we're honest, we did a whole lot of stuff. And sometimes we did a whole lot of stuff under the guise that we were still serving God. But you still cannot let that stop you and make you think that there is no future, that there is no place for you in God, that God cannot use you, that God will not bless you. Do not fear the facade of a future that is bleak. And I'm going to say this, and I'm done with it, that because see, fear makes us personal, personal prophets. And this is what I mean by that. Because when you fear something, you construct an outcome in your mind. Oftentimes, our fear never just resides in I don't know. It resides in, okay, now this is how this is about to go. I just know it's going to go this way. I just know it's going to unfold this way. So we become these, we have all of these predictions that keep us in fear. But it's a facade because you're making it up. Because the event even isn't upon you. So don't fear the future. Regardless of where you've been. Regardless of your sins, your transgressions. If you've brought them unto God, it says he is faithful and just. He's not fickle in passing out forgiveness. So that you can know and understand that if I cry out to God on this day, God is not going to be bringing up what is behind me. He's going to hear me on this day, for this day, in this time, and will help me. That fear does not make put us in la-la land. I mean, I mean faith does not put us in la-la land. Fear does. Fear has you in a loop. It has you in a deception. But we have to know and understand that the fear facade, that's all it is. It's like things are real, 
But fear is what makes things fake. Fear is what makes things of illusion, of what's in your mind. And you must know and understand that in this day and time, like I said, that there is fear everywhere. The, the priest that slapped Pasher, the priest that hit Jeremiah in the face, Jeremiah told him, fine. Since you did that, he said, the Lord has called your name Magor Mishabim. Fear on every side. And that's how we walk along, like fear on every side. But you must know and understand. I got to deal with what's in front of me. I got to live what's in front of me. But I don't have to do it being afraid. I got to, I got to contend with all of it. But I don't have to do, do it under fear. Because that is the gift of God, my faith. That I can be settled even in the midst of all of the confusion that is going on among me. This is why you can find that Jesus was asleep at the bottom of the ship when the, everything was tossing and turning. You got to know he obviously felt it because he was in a bodily form. Obviously, he felt even though he was asleep. You, even when we're asleep, we, can, we are aware of what's going on. And if it was that bad, he felt some sort of shake, but he still was not moved. But he was showing us something that those things are around you and moving and may seem critical. Stand in faith. Because at the right time, the same way where he got up there and just said, peace, be still. He, he, he didn't even, he didn't say wind, stop, rain, he just said peace. And all of it stopped. So that you can know that that same God, these stories that we read, that that same God is for you on today. That you don't have to live under the facade of fear. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can find us on all major streaming services. And remember, Jesus Christ is the truth and the word of God is abundantly true.